Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio, Sal Capaccio on WGR. Sal Capaccio joining us. He's, of course, been covering the Combine and coverage of the NFL Combine here on WGR. Is brought to you by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Fast, sustainable weight loss, then free support for life. Awaken180weightloss.com. And by Outlet Liquor, when you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? Sal, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? We're good. We're good. Safety. Sun's out. Yeah, sun's out. It's uh, the temperatures are back on the rise, yeah. going to the fifties. Yeah. What the heck? Six? We had the same situation in Indy as you guys did here in Buffalo, and I'm back now. But it's nice today. But I will tell you that, like in Indy, when I got there, it was seventy one degrees, and then for like a day and a half, it was great, and then it plummeted, and it was like yeah. twenty four degrees walking over to the convention center for my hotel. Good. It's only fair, given you would have you would have missed <laughs> the the last like freezing cold week that we have here. <laughs> Milwaukee went from seventy four yeah. to sixteen. That's insane. In one day. Crazy. Yeah, this this weather yeah. system. All right, Celso, you're back from Indy. Welcome back. Good to have you back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a piece up at our website. You had all the safeties, defensive backs yesterday. You know, the way the combine is laid out, they talk and then they work out. But you get a chance to, you know, see what these guys want to say, what makes them tick. And your piece up mm-hmm. at our website about starting safety, which is something, you know, the Bills have not had to invest anything really big in safety for quite some time. This might, of course, be the year to do it. So what did you learn from Brandon Bean about how the Bills look at this? Because it's a position that we're kind of in the dark on, given how steady they've been with Hyde and Poyer for so long. Isn't that funny, guys? We have no kind of book on the Bills on what they wanted, what they look for in a safety when they draft, other than guys who can play special teams like DeMar Hamlin, right? Um, guys they bring in undrafted free agents like Cam Lewis. Now, they did have Taylor Rapp last year. That was a late in free agency ad. It was a nice player to have, and he does kind of fit the profile of what Brandon Bean said. So you're right, Jeremy, seven years as Bill's GM. And let's remember, Bean did not sign Hyde and Poyer. He was hired after they were signed by Sean McDermott and, you know, at that time, Doug Whaley's staff. But So he's never had to do this. Seven years, he's never had to find a starting safety. And the reality is the Bills may need two starting safeties. Now, Jordan Poyer is under contract for next year, and I don't know if the Bills are going to stick with him or move on from him. They can save quite a bit of money by moving on, but they might – feel that, hey, you know, play, playing him in the box and that, that nickel roll and keep him at safety. Not that he would just transition to that full-time, but maybe they keep him. But either way, it is a reality here that I think is upon us that they're going to have to find at least one starting safety. Maybe Micah Hyde retires. That being said, Brandon Bean talked about the kind of player that they look for at that position. And he said, if you're going to give me a 4-4 or 4-5 guy but doesn't have the ball instincts, no, I'd rather have the 4-6 guy that has the instincts. And it's interesting to me, he brought up a former player. Kurt Coleman, of all people. And you know what's interesting about it? So did Sean McDermott. So Sean McDermott mentions Kurt Coleman when he's talking to us. Brandon Bean mentions Kurt Coleman when he's talking to us. And I'm thinking, are they like in a meeting going, you know what we need? We need a guy like Kurt Coleman, (laughs) right? You know what I mean? That's probably on the top of their mind. And what he means is 
mean, Kurt Coleman was not the fastest, not the biggest, not the strongest, but he had nine interceptions when he played for Carolina one year. He comes to Buffalo, helps them out, you know, during the early couple seasons with the Bills. Look at Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. I went back and looked, guys. Both Hyde and Poyer were in the same draft at the combine that year. Both ran five uh, mid four fives they were not the the most lightning fast guys in the world we know they're not the biggest you think about the play that Micah Hyde made against the uh, Mac Jones and the Patriots a few years ago that's range that's not because of straight speed we know that right like that's the kind of guy they're looking for and the good news is I think those are the kinds of guys that you can get later in the draft or not spend a ton on in free agency so when we're thinking about how they're going to attack this position I don't think the Bills are going to invest huge resources into the safety position as far as draft capital, as far as money, but I do think it's an area that they want to improve on and make sure they get the right fit. Yeah, you know, as you laid that all out, it's kind of like Joe and I had a conversation about how often guys switch to safety. It's not that unusual. You get these calls all the time about could so-and-so switch to safety, and it, it almost always happens when either the athleticism isn't there to play corner or it's a corner on the downside, maybe getting a few years and I wonder, Sal, if what you're basically laying out is that with this Bills defense, the position is such a cerebral processing position that that's yes. in fact what that they, what it is that they think it is for them too. It's not only that. This is what look at. I mean, I, could could someday like to prolong his career? Could they move a Tre'Davious White to safety? Sure. I I just think it's it's not even worth talking about at this point because. You're right, Jeremy. It's about range, and it's about, what did he say about Kirk Coleman? A dog mentality. These are guys that hit. These are guys that go straight line. They tackle. They have to have all these different, and you have to be able to do that, do multiple things, think on the fly, cerebral. You have to understand all the zone concepts you know, they put in. You know, Think about even at corner with Kyer Elam. When people talk about move Kyer Elam to safety, he struggles in zone at corner. Like what, It's safety to play zone in the Bills' defense at safety the way that they play it. Like That is a... Think about all the different things Hyde and Poyer have to do. So I don't think anybody – now, we know Benford can do it a little bit, and they've talked about that, but I just think that he was so good at corner last year, that's where he's going to stay. I don't think anybody's moving to safety on the Bills roster. I think they're going to find new safeties. That might be me bringing back Taylor Rapp. And I still say I think Cam Lewis can he, – he, he's a guy that we should think about starting. Now, maybe that doesn't excite people. I get it. And I think Cam Lewis is great in his role as a backup nickel and backup safety and just putting him on the field whenever you have to in certain situations. But I think they're comfortable with Cam Lewis. And think about Cam Lewis. He's smaller than Poyer and Hyde, but he's super physical and he understands the defense. Yeah. he He's an example to me, Sal. Yeah, Lewis is 5'9". I don't think I ever realized he was that small. Mm-hmm. Um, Lewis and Hamlin started almost a full season because Hyde was out. And Jaquan Johnson played some. Um, Rap, of course. Poyer had to move down to linebacker sometimes. Like In the last two years, like, part of the reason I don't love the idea of investing a lot in safety is they've kind of been dealing with you know, uh, troubles Mm -hmm. back there, and they've still managed to put out good defenses despite that. I agree with you, and it's interesting that Sean also brought up when talking about the offense, how defenses are now playing a lot more split safety looks, how they're playing a lot more of the, you know, we're going to force you underneath, and I I think that's the Bills too, right? The Bills play a lot of too high, but they'll go one high once, uh, once in a while for sure. But if you're going too high and you only have to cover half the field, you know, you're not talking about this guy that's going to go sideline to sideline, super flashy, rangy. That's why when that happened, Joe, you're talking about they were comfortable with Lewis. They were comfortable with Hamlin. And look, I mean, it wasn't ideal. We know that DeMar Hamlin's not a starting safety in this league. I understand that. And it can hurt you. It did hurt them against Miami that year when they had to play 
down there and they gave up that long pass early, uh, late, you know, in the, the third and long and they gave that up. They gave one up in the playoff game when those guys were playing. So that can hurt you for sure. But I think the Bills concentrate more on all of the other things that get baked in rather than the, oh my God, this guy's super big, this guy's super fast. They don't look, <coughs> excuse me, what's funny is, what's interesting, we talked about this the other day, Jeremy. The Bills love traits, right? They love traits. They love guys super athletic. This is one position where they don't go for traits. This is a position where they go for smarts and savviness and toughness and range. We've heard that they've met with a lot of them. All the safeties that got up there yesterday, pretty much everyone's like, oh, yeah, met with the Bills. So not exactly a surprise there, Sal. You've got a piece up, again, at our website about safety and also state of the position linebacker mixed in here as well. It's not a position we're really considering too uh, regularly, of course, you could never rule it out. We know that they have their their draft board and how things go. So, uh, state of linebacker position is it what something to address? Maybe the depth of later on, and overall, it feels it's funny. It feels a lot stronger than it did probably this uh-huh. this time last year when it was maybe one of the biggest questions. Yeah, the way I start the article is what a difference a year makes. You guys, remember last year when we kind of knew that Tremaine Edmonds was on his way out? Who what? It was Jack Campbell season last year during the combine, mm-hmm. guys. It was Jack Campbell season. They need this guy. They got to plug him in. He's the perfect middle linebacker. Put him next, next to Matt Milano. Well, that didn't happen. Tremaine Edmonds leaves. Now it's like, well, we're going to have Terrell Bernard, Tyrell Dodson. They draft Dorian Williams. These guys are Bill Inspector. They're all going to fight for the middle linebacker job. And fans are up in arms. Are you kidding me? They have no middle linebacker. What's going to happen? And then let's fast forward even more. Terrell Bernard is pretty much, he gets hurt, but then he's named the starting linebacker. How many times, Joe, Jeremy, how many times did we get phone calls, people on social media, just really upset that the Bills' middle linebacker was as small as um, Taron Johnson, essentially, right? Like, how this is ridiculous. Well, guess what? Terrell Bernard was pretty damn good. And I think this is actually one of the strongest units on the team. I think, outside of Josh Allen at quarterback, obviously, I think the two most stable positions on the Bills' roster right now, I guess you could argue tight end, too, but offensive line and linebacker are very stable. Very stable as far as who's under contract, the starters. Offensive line has one, one pending unrestricted free agent. Linebacker has two, but no starters and maybe, and, and Tyrell Dodson is one, and he's a really nice player to have. But think about it. You're going to get a healthy Matt Milano back coming off a broken leg. No issue there. He's got no torn ligaments, broken leg, and his body didn't take five, uh, 15 games. Well, I guess it would be 12 games worth of getting beaten up. You're going to put him next to Terrell Bernard. And then behind them, you have Dorian Williams going into his third year. You have Bale Inspector, who started against the Steelers and looked good until he was hurt in that game, by the way, in the playoffs. And then you'll try to figure it out after that if you can get Tyrell Dodson back or not. I'm not really sure. I, I'm I'm really excited about this linebacker group. I think they have starters, and I think they have depth. And the best part about the starters, guys, they're locked up for multiple years, Milano mm-hmm. and Bernard. Not even going into a contract year, either of them. Or even Williams Inspector. Like, all four of your top four linebackers right now as it stands – are all locked up for multiple years. I wonder if it even comes down to money for Dodson Sal. Do you think he do you think he did enough this season? I think to kind of get enough attention around the league where someone would you think someone would be willing to offer him a starting role? I do. I think Tyrell Dodson worked his way into a spot where exactly as you said, Joe, somebody's going to look and go, "I this guy can start for us" because the the beauty of Tyrell Dodson is he can play like a lot of the Bills linebackers, what they like, he has position flexibility. Bernard has it, right? Um, you know, Dorian Williams did a little bit of both. Bale and Spe- they all do. I mean, Milano could, I guess, play middle. He, never, he doesn't. That's not something you're going to do. But um, the Bills love position flexibility. He showed that. Remember, for the last few four years, 
Tyrell Dotson has actually started at middle linebacker. He's actually started at will linebacker. He played well for the team last year after a couple early on struggles when he filled in when Milano was hurt. And I would say good for Tyrell Dotson because he's actually, he's even different than most guys going into unrestricted free agency guys. He was an exclusive rights free agent a couple times. So literally he's been playing on the minimum salary for the last few years. And and if he can go out there and get paid and, and get a starting job, I, I say good for Tyrell Dotson. He's earned that for what he's been able to do. Sal Capaccio joining us as we recap his time at the Combine. Receivers speak today. They test tomorrow. You know, Sal, as you wrap up the week's thoughts on this, I mean, the Combine doesn't wrap, of course. It goes through the weekend. Any, any takeaways, anything you, <clears throat> anything you should come out thinking about the Bills going in that you don't anymore or vice versa? You know, just like, you know, yeah. you're, you're around everybody. Everybody gets a chance to talk about what their approach might be, how things might go. We learned about the the cap being inflated, maybe a little more flexibility there. So what's your overall takeaway coming out of the week? So and I've said this a couple times on the air, and, and, I, and I, I want to maintain this, that I really believe after listening to Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott and you know just talking around, the Bills feel much better about their cap situation internally than we make it out to be externally, if that makes sense. And in fact... Matt Bove and I, we did an Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast. We did like three of them while we were out there, by the way. Go check it out. Um, and Matt talked to Brandon Bean in one of his you know, side interviews. And I'll share this because Matt did, and you know, it wasn't like off the record. Matt said to Brandon Bean, this is interesting. He said, if you could say your salary cap situation is from a 1 to 10, 1 being horrible, 10 being amazing, what would you say? You guys want to predict what he said? Brandon Bean? Matt asked him that. One is horrible, ten's amazing. Your salary cap situation. What do you think Brandon Bean said to Matt? I would say somewhere in the middle. One's horrible? I'd say say it's like a three. Brandon Bean said it's definitely not a one. It's definitely not a ten. Maybe around a five, somewhere in the middle. And he almost gave an indication. And Matt would have to explain a little bit how he explained it to him. I got the feeling he was saying it might be even like a five or even six or something like that. Think about that for a second. Yeah, what we've been bad. making out. So right. So so I think the Bills feel much better about where they are than what we make it out to be. And I now I'm starting to think, okay, well, what does that mean? Who can you go and shop for that maybe I, I, I we talk, Jeremy, your wide receiver train, and I'm all in on you with it, that that's fine. I just think the conversation is going to change after free agency. I, I, I don't know who it's going to be, and I'm not saying they're going to go with Michael Pittman Jr. or T. Higgins. I'm not saying that, or Justin Jefferson. What I'm saying, though, is they may be able to fill out that area a little bit better than what we thought or attack it in a different way than we thought. Maybe like a Hollywood Brown? Right. You know, the guy I was talking about yesterday, I talked with Chris Emma from our sister station in uh, Chicago, uh, The Score. Car- uh, Darnell Mooney seems to be a guy Darnell Mooney's a good idea. People- yeah. Yeah. yeah, and 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 he he really turned me on to the idea. He's like, look, he's he's a good player, like, and he deserves to go somewhere and have a little better opportunity. And I just got my wheels thinking about him. There's some guys out there I think that you can, you know, think about. I like Curtis Samuel, right? I think Curtis Samuel would fit in this offense real well. You talk about Hollywood Brown. I I just feel that when we talk about wide receivers, we talk about the draft. Let's not forget, free agency is a month and a half before the draft to do something, and they'll do something. Right, Sal. Like depending yes. on how big, like maybe not as big as Mooney or Brown, um, but they'll do something. Right? They're not like we know they'll do something defensive line, right? Just because they don't have bodies. And should we assume there'll be some level of receiver move, even if it's something smaller? 
Oh, for sure. I mean, you just look at the numbers and the pure you know volume of guys they have under contract and who they are, and they have to fill out the roster. Yeah, they have you know Khalil Shakir under contract, and obviously Stefan Diggs, and then you have guys you know below them. Justin Shorter's coming back after his year on IR. But how about Gabe Davis? And what his situation is. First of all, that has to be ironed out. I don't think anybody's sitting here thinking he's necessarily coming back to Buffalo. But until he actually goes, I mean, you you know, you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen there. And then, you know, you have Trent Sherfield, who's going to be an unrestricted free agent. I wouldn't be surprised if they bring Trent Sherfield back. You can get him for a minimum deal. He talked in locker cleanout day about, you know, even though he was frustrated with his role, he knows every year is different, and it, you don't. It's not always better somewhere else, and he'd be willing to come back. I don't know what they do with Deontay Hardy in his contract. He is under contract, but you might have to adjust that in some way if they don't outright move on from him. Uh, I'm not really positive about that, but Joe, I think so. You have to address it in some way. They're going to do D-line. Um, I wonder if they can get Daquan Jones you know, back before the start of free agency. I was looking at his contract. You guys know what the Bills signed Daquan Jones for two years ago? Do you remember? Uh, not much, right? Like five, five-ish million would be my guess without having Seven. it in front of me. Okay. Seven. Two years, $14 million. So, I don't know. I mean, if you need to climb that high, can you really do it? I don't even know if he would get that much at his age. Um, you know, he's 32. He had the pec injury. He came back. But, Joe, I think that what you just said about five-ish might be where they have to land on this one if they want to get something done. All right. Very good. Sal Capaccio recapping Indy. Thank you, Sal. All right, guys. I will uh, see you in a little while. Yeah. Sal's report. From Indianapolis and complete coverage of the Combine brought to you by Awaken 180 Weight Loss, fast, sustainable weight loss, then free support for life, Awaken180WeightLoss.com, and by Outlet Liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? You can join us at 803-0550 and 1-888-550-2550. The, uh, I got a, you want to play a fun game next? Let's do, let's do that. Sure. All right. I got a thought on the Bills at backup quarterback, too, at some point, because this Lance signing is making me connect dots that I think are there for the Bills. So we'll play that. We'll do that. And the game is just going to be something I found in my travels that will lead to a trivia question where we make fun of the Patriots. Sound like a good idea? Perfect. Love love Right? Who doesn't want to do that on a Friday? We're just going to have fun at the Patriots' expense. Why not? Jeremy and Joe on WGR. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I think that Keon Coleman, who has been a popular target for the Buffalo Bills in mock drafts, is an absolute star prospect. I think he's absolutely terrific. I love everything about his makeup. I think he's a heck of a football player. His 40 time this upcoming week is going to define the range for him. If he runs 4-4-2 or something like that, that's like lock him into the top 15. If he runs 4-4-8, that might mean, hey, he's a top 25 pick, no questions okay. about it. If you run 4-5-8, then I think people say to yourself, like, historically, how many players at a 4-5-8 have been taken in the first round at wide receiver? So he's an example of a guy that I might still throw the number out because I think the player is so darn good. But those are the kind of numbers that I think matter most Field Yates, 
with Chris Brown and Matty Gleb on One Bills Live talking about Keon Coleman. All right, we're getting heavy wide receiver vibes. This, uh, If you're in for it, like now's the time. Yep. Now's the time. Troy Franklin confirmed meeting with the Bills. We'll get you what he had to say about that meeting in just a moment. Stay tuned for that. That's Field Yates on Keon Coleman, who is a polarizing prospect. And they're looking for Marvin Harrison. Yeah. That just that they're just not there, I guess. He's he it, he it's like leaving the reality show. Like I've already found what I need what I need to get out of this. He met with the Bills and he loves them so much. He just it's it. I don't want to talk he to any other. He needs to figure out how to tank his own dra- dra- draft status as much as humanly possible. Step one, skip your combine interview. Yes. The playbook to getting drafted 28th instead of 4th. Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. Throw uh, bowling balls on your general on the general manager's cars. Just start pranking them, one after the other. Bowling balls? Sure. I feel like a bowling ball is not a prank. That's... That's 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 that's, uh, that's a crime. Yes. Yeah. No. That's just probably right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, toilet paper is a prank. Yeah, I mean, bowling ball, 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 maybe bowling ball through your windshield. Ha ha. <laughs> Take that, Omar Khan. Ha ha. Right. All right. Here we go. Troy Franklin. Let's do it. Troy Franklin on his meeting with the Bills. Watching film and going over what they do offensively and schematically, and what did you take away from that? Um, I think it was more of just break, we were breaking down our film, things like that. Um, so, yeah, we kind of just – they wanted to know what I was thinking on plays, things like that. I think they just weren't – we're picking my brain for sure, you know. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was cool. Did, did I hear you say Joe Brady recruited you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that like catching up with him again? That was cool, you know. Um, definitely just caught up. And, and um, yeah, that made that meeting way a little more chiller for me, for sure. Sorry if you touched. I mean, it's a perfect I match. Hit the horn. It's a perfect match. He's in love. Yeah. He's in love. It's perfect. What Troy Franklin, future Bills receiver Troy Franklin, just talking about how much he wants to be with the Bills. That Joe Brady tidbit, love that. Where he recruited him, because what you want is Joe Brady. I mean, to over the value next this four player. months to be telling Bean like, this is the guy, man. Yeah, this is this I is the guy. I know him. I, I know him. I recruited him. This he's gonna be perfect. In this I didn't offense. get this guy. We gotta get this guy. Yeah, one of the six receivers the Bills should draft. Um, maybe, okay, maybe not six, but I did hear. Yeah, who was it yesterday? Somebody yesterday said that the bill it wouldn't be surprised. The Bills came out with two in the first three rounds or two in the first two rounds, which mm-hmm. you know, the, man, the, I mean, that's I'm, aggressive. If they did that, I mean, it is party time for the it's, next. I'd be so excited for the next five months if they did that. It's worth Sal last segment talking about how Bean says their cap situation's not nearly as bad. This is not exactly his words, but not as bad. As, yeah, not as bad as people might think it is. Mm-hmm. Like while you were away, Joe, did you see the guy that said the Bills should trade Josh Allen to the Bears for, yes. for two picks to get out of their cap crunch for, for one and nine yeah. or something? Yeah, the, the Bills should do it to get out of their cap crunch. Never mind that that move would cost fifty six million dollars on the cap to do. <laughs> and it's a real brain, real brainiac, right. just, you know, yeah. suggestion. Anyway, Sally and out that. Maybe receiver and free agency could change the board a bit. If they go with a receiver and free agency, that's great. Doesn't change the need for first round receiver. Like if they sign Darnell Mooney, great. I'm into that. Mm-hmm. Have we made him our wide receiver idea of the day at any point? If not, here I don't it think is. so. Today though, boom. I think that's a fine idea. Yes, good he, speed. He is speed. He is he's, good. Yeah. He's been productive in a bad passing offense, one of the worst passing offenses in league history. Yep. So I'm into Darnell Mooney as an idea, and then. You know, the day that happens, let's say they sign Darnell Mooney in two weeks. 
don't write to me that I guess the receiver train's done. Absolutely not. They need no. a young one. They need a young one. They need somebody to whatever. Just, just they need to be flush. Yeah. And Mooney as a role player sounds good. Works for me. But they will not have. There will not be any closer to their answer of who's going to replace Diggs in three years. No, or that's two, right. Or, or two years. We don't. It could be next year. It could be this year. Wh- whoever it is, you need your next number one in the building, ready to go. And there's nobody, right? There's nobody in free agency. That, that that's going to happen with. Maybe they sign a guy that is more expensive and just better than we thought they could get their hands on. Marquise Brown, like he's been a number one in the league yes. for Baltimore and for Arizona. But even even him, like I don't consider him an answer to that question either. He's fine. I feel like I'm I'm back at John Brown's my number one wide receiver. Like oh, pretty good. He'll get a thousand yards for me. But. I, what you want is isn't the end goal to end back up at a point where you have one of the best receivers in football and he's your uh, the, number one receiver at end, all at all times. I would say the end goal is to have one of the best receiving cores in football, mm-hmm. and you really can't do that. Who's the who has the best receiving core with the worst number one? Who is that? Ooh, okay, right. Is it it's, even possible? Does someone real, have an elite core? If you talk about the teams with the bests, yeah. you, you go to. Jefferson in Minnesota, they've got two good guys. They've drafted uh, Jordan Addison. Yep. The, the Dolphins, right, with Tyreek Hill. The Bengals with Jamar Chase at the top of the food chain. Right. The Cowboys with C.D. Lamb. The Niners have two guys that are on that upper stratosphere. Absolutely. Ayuk is a number one. Like You can't claim to have one of the best receiving cores unless you have one of the best number ones. Yeah. Like, was Baltimore a version of this last year? They were good. They, they were, had three they were, guys that were pretty good. They were better, but who would say that was one of the best receiving cores in football? Yeah, no one would say Here's that. Here's Rashad Bateman. J- uh, John Harbaugh said it this week. They're going to give him a lot more this year. Like, okay, that's fine. They were improved, but not one of the best. Yeah, maybe Washington. Washington. Terry McLaurin. Like he's he's not on that, that upper, upper level, right? No, but, that's right. He's pretty good. But that's the best core whose number one is not... Yeah. It's not the same thing about him. Like, if you're ranking number ones, he comes in below a lot of the other number ones. But again, it's tough. And they've invested in that. Like, right? Samuel was a free agent signing for them, and McLaurin got a big contract, and they spent a first round pick on Dotson. So, and to be fair, maybe they would be seen as a better core, or McLaurin would be better if they had, like, the quarterback. Like, what would that receiving core look like with Josh Allen? McLaurin might be considered one of the best in That's, football. That might be right. So, okay, Troy Franklin has met with the Bills. We got another one. Hit it. Adnai Mitchell, 6-3, Burner, Texas. I like to change my pace and routes. I never run routes full speed. That's just a part of my game that, you know, allows me to run routes for the whole drive. Mostly just feel like I'm in control, you know, when I'm running routes and, you know, with the people I'm going against and things like that. I say I try to modify my game after a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys out there that's doing some really great things. You know, just trying to take every little nugget that I can out of one person game and try to add it to my game. Because if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Well, I mean, how about it? One, he's coachable. And you see, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Mm-hmm. Willing to cheat. Let's go. <laughs> He'll do whatever it takes. Adnai Mitchell, get him in here. Let's go. Sold. He's smitten. He loves the Bills. Nah, he's going to get the Chargers are going to pick him now because they got Harbaugh. Uh,. Isn't he the guy with all the really bad analytics stuff, though? Uh, like yards per route run, and like there, there are some warning signs with him, I think. Maybe. 
separation stuff maybe a little the, bit too. I don't know. The thing I've seen lately on Mitchell is he's a real smooth route runner and he's okay. getting multiple comparisons to sh- I know comparisons are to, to who? CD Lamb. Okay, well, I'm back in. <laughs> right, his, that, his, that his game <laughs> is like C.D. Lamb. And it was Brett Coleman that said that, among others. Okay. And Brett Coleman's not one to throw out, you know, crazy comparisons. Let me see who Danny Kelly had him. Danny Kelly of the Ringer on his draft. Uh, he also, I saw, comps. you know, this was uh, the clutch gene type of uh, analysis that he has a touchdown in all four of the college football playoff games that he's played in. At least one touchdown in yeah. each game. Um. I'm trying to find where Ed opposite Mitchell was. Xavier Worthy, by the way, Texas had both guys. Yes, um, I mean he he does a little of everything just from like the highlights you watch. Like there are good jump up in the air, like extended catch type of plays, and he's getting open down the field too. I, I wonder he always looks a little slower to me, maybe than than some of the other guys, but that doesn't have to be real. So I wonder forty time how important that'll be yeah. for him. Um, I mentioned Brett Coleman said CeeDee Lamb. Danny Kelly of the Ringer on his big board, he did all his comps for the receivers. Yeah. He also has Adnai Mitchell as CeeDee Lamb. Okay. Instinctual playmaking, smooth footwork, short area quickness, sure hands. He has confirmed he has met with the Bills at the Combine. All right. You had something on backup quarterback, and I have a Patriots game to play that will be very fast and very silly. The backup quarterback thing could be fast, too. I mean... They we mentioned in headlines earlier and earlier that the Cowboys picked up an option on Trey Lance, so he's going to be on their team, or they'll trade him. But his con- now his salary is like it's there. His cap it. They could trade him, and it will still cost them the exact five point three million dollars on the salary cap. Just want to point out. So Trey Lance, either way, whether he's on the team or not, he's going to cost the Cowboys five point three million dollars on their salary cap this season. And it was reported that the Bills wanted Trey Lance. Diana Rossini, who I think at the time maybe was ESPN, either way, Diana Rossini plugged it in the league. She tweeted and reported in August that the Bills and the Ravens were two teams that had conversations with San Francisco about a trade for Trey Lance. Most of those early discussions about a trade involved a six-round pick. Dallas gave him a fifth. Cam Inman, who is a beat reporter for the Niners for the San Jose Mercury, reported that the Niners traded Lance to the Cowboys after they made a better offer than the Bills, according to a team source. Yeah, so they were in. So the Bills were in on Lance, which shouldn't I take that to mean that they had we're- they they thought we can spend $5.3 million on a backup quarterback for next season. Yeah. So if they like a guy enough, maybe there isn't another one out there they'll like enough, but... I think we can figure out from that that if they like a guy enough, they're willing to spend $5 million on a backup quarterback, which kind of gets you in the game for almost anybody. Yeah, for guys that have played. Yeah. Not like Kyle Allen level. Tyrod, for instance, his $3 million at spot track doesn't yeah. have to come out that way. Brissettes of the world. Just want throw that out there. Backup quarterback, and this could say about the Bills cap situation. Maybe it's not as bad as we thought because they thought they could afford a $5 million backup. Before the break, one more time, ring the bell. Keon Coleman has met with the Bills and said it went really well. Josh Reed tweeting that moments ago. He, it's uh, Keon Coleman. Find me a receiver that didn't meet with the Bills. I dare you. Yeah. 
I don't know if I want Keon Coleman, though. I would have liked him to not be the one. If they meet with all of them, though. So far, it's, it's awesome. on every single one of them. Like, I'm waiting for a guy to say no. Yeah. Marvin Harrison Jr. hasn't met with him. But that's because he might be meeting with him right now, still. Who knows what he's doing? He's He, he no-showed his presser. Maybe there's an, an explanation. We'll see. He's on we'll the get, train. We'll get, we'll get a break <laughs> in. We've got the very silly game about the Patriots, then a mystery guest, and the return of one of our favorites and one of your favorite things that we do. Stay tuned for that. Jeremy and Joe on WGR. Uh, yeah, most definitely. I met with the Bills. I think that was my first meeting uh, when I got here. Josh Allen, great great quarterback, you know, strong arm. Um, can get the ball downfield, leader, you know, so I think he's, he's a good guy for sure. What was your conversations like with Joe Brady in that meeting? Because he coached yeah. Chase and uh, Jefferson. Yeah, so... Um, he was actually recruiting me in, in college, I mean high school, you know, um, when he was at LSU or whatever for that last year or that whole year, he was there. And um, yeah, we were just talking about that. It was pretty cool, you know, talk to him again, though, all that good stuff and just um, seeing how he felt about me, for sure. Roy Franklin says his first meeting was with the Bills. The Bills called dibs. It's over. Future Bills receiver, Troy Franklin. Joe, can you sense my excitement watching every one of these guys talk about playing for the Bills? Just, yes. It's amazing. What a day. Just even embrace the hypothetical that it... That, yeah. Yeah. That they're all just going to play for the Bills now. Yeah. It's great. We got a contest, and then we got another receiver talking about what it would be like to play for the Bills. Look at all these future Bills receivers. All of them. It's amazing. Lad McConkie is going to the stage now. Maybe he'll, he'll oh, about to say it, too. My, my guy, Lad... Lad McConkey, let's go. Talk about what it would be like to play for the Bills. Who I saw compared to Antonio Brown by Mike Renner, Pro Football Focus. Yeah, okay. Let's go. Uh, before we do that, let's give away something. How about we call our five to 2214 WGR to win a four-pack of tickets to the West New York Sport and Travel Expo coming to the Hamburg Fairgrounds from Friday, March 8th through Sunday, March 10th. Visit WNYSportsShow.com for details and tickets. I've been boy. Josh is doing work today. Every thirty seconds, I'm throwing him another receiver. <laughs> Who's next? Hit the horn, baby. Keon Coleman met with the Bills and All talked right. about it. Being able to contribute, and you know, they was asking me how would how would you handle not coming in and just handling the wheel? Like you gonna have guys probably stuff on digs there. I'm like that'll be great for me. I get to learn from a guy that's of that statue that's been in the league for a while, doing it consistently. So I'm just coming in as a sponge and. I'm not mad if I don't have to take the wheel right away. That's, that's a learning experience for me to get to learn from him. And when I do get the wheel, it's going to be something crazy. Look at that. He's a sponge. Ready to learn. <laughs> Perfect. Let, let's go. Mark gone. Buffalo News says that uh, Keon Coleman gives off Eric Mould's vibes. Woo. Meeting with the Bills, what he brings. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I'm seeing Coleman about potentially playing for the Ravens. Don't want to see it. Let me scroll right past. Listen, he's just, it's smokescreen season. He's just he's got to be he's got listen he's got to be yeah. nice. Yeah, he's got to be nice and although pre- and he, pretend that these other teams matter. What he said about the Ravens is I'd be grateful. I'd love for OBJ to be brought back. I mean, the Bills could just sign OBJ for like six million bucks, and That's then true. boom, Keon Coleman's see, back to be wanting to be a Bill. What he's doing there, he's saying he'd like the Ravens to bring OBJ back, so the Ravens look at him and say, like, buddy, you're not the GM. You don't run this team. Never mind. And then the Bills will get the again. They're <laughs> going to get all the receivers, mm-hmm. all of them. All right. So we've got confirmed meetings from. In all seriousness. Keon Coleman, Troy Franklin, and Adonai Mitchell so far. Those are the only three we've got? Okay. 
Lad McConkey to confirm a meeting with the Bills in three, two, one. Right, very, very shortly. Yep, that'll happen. Thanks to everybody tweeting out this video. I've got Matt Perino, Josh Reed, Mark on among others, still there at the combine, tweeting on video of the receivers who will test tomorrow. Okay, are you ready for the very fun, silly, stupid Patriots draft game? Yes. I was going back. I did an advanced Twitter search of my own tweets. What was I looking for? I was looking if I ever. This is very stupid, but. You know, I've told you that in the NHL, a fourth-round draft pick is worth a jar of olives and a seventh-round yes. yeah. seventh draft pick. Dish soap, right? Uh, fourth-rounder fourth fourth right. fourth is a rebate for dish soap. Fifth, rebate for dish soap. Fifth-rounder <laughs> is a jar of olives. Seventh-rounder is a button on a dress shirt that no longer fits. <laughs> I was, so I was going through it. I was trying to find uh-huh. if, I ever, if I ever did a sixth-round pick. Anyway, my search brought me to an old Gil Brandt tweet. You remember, you know Gil Brandt, Gil right? Gil Brandt, yeah. NFL legend. And I happened upon a Gil Brandt tweet that said, quote, might be the most perfect pick of the draft. Hashtag Patriots. I'll give you five guesses. What draft pick did Gil Brandt Mm. say was the perfect draft pick for the Patriots? This was how many years ago? I mean, I could give you the year. Oh, oh Let's say it's, the it's in the last seven years. Is it the Mac Jones pick? No. I mean, you know what? To be honest, you might have said this about every Patriots pick. Uh, yeah, maybe. In this case, it was a sixth rounder. While late I'm, sixth. While I'm thinking of that, I'll let you know that Keon Coleman just said Josh Allen is the strongest arm in the league. He needs someone who he can get it to. Oh, look at that. Uh, or he needs someone who can go get it, is what he said. Love it. How a Wow, this is gonna be like one of like Cole Strange, one of these like really bad picks at the time that everybody hated. The answer is Braxton Berrios. Wait, New England picked Braxton Berrios. Yes, and that was the perfect. Pick? It, it might be the most perfect pick of the draft. The Patriots selecting Braxton Berrios in the sixth round. It's in not- the sixth round. Yes. <laughs> yep. Uh huh. Did he ever play for them? Great question. He's a player. He's in the league. No, he never played for the Patriots. Perfect pick. Four years with the Jets, one year with the look Dolphins. At, look at the things people used to say about the Patriots. Perfect they just make pick. a pick in the sixth round, and they'd be like, oh, my God. It might be the best pick of the draft. I mean, isn't that what uh, – this sign there. Day three NFL draft coverage with all – like no one knows who those prospects really are. Right, day three. Yep. So you just go, ah, oh, New England picked the right guy. That's it. That's the extent of analysis from day three of the draft. Eight oh three oh five fifty. By the time we get back, we'll have like three more receivers that have confirmed to have met with the Bills. So stay tuned for that and a mystery guest and our favorite game.